we have uh, explained a lot of things to us. And right now, we want to move on to clarify some things that are serving as um, an obstacle on our way to divine healing. Certain things, I'm going to give you one example today and do other things. By next two, by the grace of God, we will look at other uh, obstacles to our divine healing. Jesus is still healing today. I think you believe that. He healed us over 2,000 years ago. And that, that power that is still available today for as many that desire to tap into it. Amen. Okay. Let us look at um, something that's uh, a, a particular verse of the Bible that we all like to quote to prove that God can, you know, place sickness on man and he can decide to use that sickness to teach man a lesson. How many of you remember that scripture that talked about the tongue and the flesh of Brother Paul? Remember? Okay, can somebody, can we open that scripture? Let us um, praise God. I will explain to us this morning what that tongue in the flesh means. Of course, we have interpreted it to be that Brother Paul was sick, right? And he pleaded to God that God should heal him. But God said that, well, his grace is sufficient for him. So, when we are sick, we say, okay, maybe God is using this sickness to teach me a lesson. Praise God. What Brother Paul said. Amen. 12, 6. Okay, let us read that 6 and 7. This is a teaching class, and I want us to pay attention. Thank you, Lord. 2 Corinthians 12, 6 and 7. For though I might desire to be, I will, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth, but I will pray. Lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears me hears from me. Seven. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation, a tongue in the flesh was given to me. Hold on. Look at what the apostle. Listen carefully there. He said it was given abundance of what? Revelation. And of course, if you read Galatians chapter 2, you see that it was given abundance of revelation. And it says that for me not to become proud. Read it again so that you can get it. Unless I should be exalted above measure. Above measure. By the abundance of the revelation, because I am given abundance of revelation, a tongue in the flesh was given to me. A tongue in the flesh was given to me. A messenger of Satan to prepare me. A messenger of Satan to prepare me. Lest I, I, lest I be exalted above measure. Lest I be exalted. Above me. So, Brother Paul was trying to tell us that, okay, for me not to be proud, you know, because of the abundance of revelation that was given to me, he said, I was goofy in my flesh, a tongue in my flesh. Is somebody hearing me now? I just want to clarify that scripture, then we go into something else. Maybe I clarify it, we go into something else. Amen. Now, Paul's tongue does not refer to sickness or disease. 
Amen. The fresh thorn in the flesh, the fresh thorn in the flesh, always refer to a person or group of people. Every time it is used in the scripture, it is a refers to a person or group of people. Is somebody following me? We are going to be looking. We are going to be looking at the principle biblical interpretation. The principle of biblical interpretation of first mention. The principle of first mention. In other words, where is it that this thought in the flesh is first used in the Bible? What does it mean? Amen. Praise God. Let me first ask us, how many of us have had this that the thorn in the flesh of Paul means sickness? Even if we hear it from Peter, he confidently said, even Paul was sick, he had thorn in his flesh, and he couldn't get healed. So, therefore, you know, if you are not healed, it, it's, it will be God that is, you know, dealing with you to teach you some lessons. Amen. We are to be healed. Amen. We are to be healed. We have healing in Christ Jesus. Even the provision for our healing has been made. We are to be healed. Is somebody following me now? Okay. Now let us look at the where that where that thorn in the flesh is first used. Can we open our Bible to Numbers chapter 33 and verse 5? Numbers 33. Verse 5. Let somebody read quickly. Numbers 3, verse, verse 55, rather. I want somebody to read it so that I think I'm reading from my Bible. Maybe I have a separate Bible. Use my phone. Chapter 33, verse 55. Pay attention carefully. Praise, praise the Lord. But if ye will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which ye let remain of them shall be put in your eye and turn in your sight and shall vex you in land wherein you dwell. Praise God. You are too fast. I'm a teacher. And I want you to I want everybody to hear what we are reading. Amen. Let's set you that scripture once and for all today. Have I ever explained that scripture to us before? Hello? Have I ever explained it before? Okay, so let's set it once and for all. Look, listen. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, God is talking there to the Israelites. If you refuse to drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall be that those whom you shall let remain shall be irritants in your eyes and thorns in your sight. And they shall harass you in the land where you dwell. Principle of first mention. So, from the scripture we have just read, the thorn in the flesh here, what does it mean? Can somebody respond? Means who? The people. That is, if the children of Israel refuse to chase out these their enemies, that those people will become. A thorn or a burden to them. They will become a problem to them. That is the principle of first mention. Don't be spiritually illiterate. Get the word of God accurately. Get it awesomely. It is when you have the awesome knowledge of God's word. That that word produce results for you. Is somebody hearing me? Now, let us look at another place 
Let's compare scripture with scripture. Joshua chapter number 23. Joshua 23. And verse 13. Somebody say, I'm learning. Say it here. Say, I'm learning. Okay. Joshua 33, verse 13. Listen. It says, Know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations from before you. Know for certain, I'm repeating, that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations from your from before you, but they shall be snares and traps to you, and touch on your side and a thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God had given you. What is the meaning of tongue in that scripture? Huh? The people. Okay. Now, let us look at um, now let us go back to that uh, 1 Corinthians right, 12 6 and 7. Let's now read it again. Let's read it again now. However, I'm reading from another translation. Read, read, read. However, if I were to post, if I were to post, it wouldn't be ridiculous at all. Oh. For I would be speaking the truth. Okay. Yes, I will refrain. Okay. Lest others think higher of me than what I demonstrate with my life and teaching. Okay. Seven. The extraordinary level of the revelation okay. is, is no reason for anyone to exalt me. Okay. For this is why a tongue in my flesh was given to me. Okay. The adversary's messenger sent to arouse me. Okay. To arouse me. Keeping me from becoming arrogant. Keeping me from becoming proud. Yeah, I told you. So, is it cancer? That was given to Brother Paul that is making him not to be proud. Huh? Is it cancer? It can be sickness, right? So, why are we calling it sickness? And we are using it to establish that God can deal with us with sickness and leave it to teach us lessons. Listen, let this one enter your In fact, my teaching style today is going to be quite different. I want to register something. I want to impress something in your hands that will change your mentality forever. Because when the mind of one person is changed, it can affect the mind of millions of people. Do you know what I'm saying? It is because I have a change of mind. I have a reset of mind. That is why all of you here can speak and I can pass across to you my experience to make sure that you also to deliver. Because it is God's word that delivers. It's the truth of God's word. Is somebody hearing me now? Praise God. So the question will now be because we have established that sickness is not God's form in the flesh. We have established it. We have compared scripture with scripture. We have used the principle of first mention. Amen. So now, what is false storm in the flesh? I think somebody would like to know that. What is that form that Paul is talking about that is in his flesh? These are the things that Paul suffered from. Are you hearing me? These are the things that Paul suffered from. So, what are those things that Brother Paul suffered from? What are the things? Let's also get to look at it. Let's analyze it. Number one, somebody writing? Number one, the Jews determined to kill Paul after his conversion. 
the Jews they started to kill Paul after his conversion. Acts chapter 9, verse 23. Acts 9, 23. Is somebody reading? Now, after many days were passed, the Jews plotted to kill me. That is a thorn in Brother Paul's flesh. Because you can imagine somebody that at every minute of his life, people are after his life. At every time, they want to eliminate him. It's a thorn in the flesh. In his flesh. So the people are the thorn in Paul's flesh. When we look at Acts chapter 9, verse 26 and 29 as well, look at what Paul, look at what Bible says. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. And of course, you know who Paul was before he became born again. Paul was the enemy of the church. They persecute the church more than every other person. Amen. So, the Bible says that when he came, the disciples did not want to embrace him. They were even afraid of him. They want to stop him from joining the Christian fold. They, are, they want to reject him to become part of the believers. They were saying that when our brethren were being killed, this man was there. How come can this acute enemy of God say that he becomes born again? That tells you there is no one that the people cannot be offended. You can see that. Nobody, no matter the level of your apostles, no matter the level of the damage that you have caused on her, God can be you. And that is the reason why most people don't want to become born again. They are like, my sins are so numerous. I am engrossed by darkness. I don't think this God will be able to affect me. But I have a good news for you. No matter the level of your sin, God is calling you. And is ready to embrace you. Praise God. What a glorious peace that you have got. Verse but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road, and that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. And he spoke boldly in the name of Jesus, and disputed against enemies, but they attempted to kill him. And you see, he was rejected by brethren. Those are the tongues that are in the flesh of Brother Paul. Number three, he was opposed by Satan. After the 13, verse 6 to 12. After 13, verse 6 to 12. Now, when they had gone through the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar Jesus, who was the who was with the proconsul Sergius Polos, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But any master sorcerer, for we stood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, Filled with the Holy Spirit, looked into the atmosphere and said, O fool of all this and all fraud and son of the devil, you, you enemy of all righteousness, you will not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord. And now, indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not see the sun for a time. 
And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the purpose of belief, when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of um and the teaching of the Lord, praise God. We can see from this scripture that even Satan was opposing him, standing against the message of Christ at all times. That is a tongue in his flesh. Praise God. Because of time, let me rush through this. I go to something else. Number five, he was opposed by the Jews in a mob at 13, 44 to 49. Number six, he was expelled out of Antioch. Acts 13, verse 50. Another one is that he was mocked and expelled from Eponium. Acts 14, 1 to 5. I want to rush through this. Number seven, he fled to Lystra and David, where he was stoned and left for dead. He was stoned. Those are the tongues. Can you see that? So, if you want to sum up the tongues in the flesh of Brother Paul, what do we call it? Persecution. Persecution. And that's exactly the tongue in the flesh of Brother Paul. I can give you many, many more instances in the scripture where he experienced tongues in the flesh. Praise God. There's another scripture I want us to read. Acts chapter 9. Let us read verses 15 to 18. Let's see something there. Acts chapter 9. Verse 15 to 18. But the Lord said to him, Go, for it is a chosen vessel of man to bear my name before the Gentiles. He is and the children of Israel. This scripture, let me say to this, this is just a side on it, but I'll please say it. This scripture makes uh, a lot of preachers to say that Paul is sent to the Gentiles. And they say Peter is sent to the Jews. That is not 100% correct. Are you getting what I'm saying now? Oh, Paul is sent to the Gentiles. No, and that has caused a lot of error in the body of Christ today because a lot of people are emulating that approach. But Paul was not, uh, or let Paul was not only sent to the Gentiles, but he was primarily sent to the Gentiles. But he was sent to all the whole world, both Gentiles, because he preached to the Gentiles and he preached to the Jews, but primarily to the Gentiles. Amen. Okay, let us move on in verse 16. This is pure teaching today, don't worry, just follow the teaching. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Ah, God make Paul to suffer. Why are we in that kingdom? We have established that Paul is God is not the doer of evil. He doesn't have evil at all. Do he have evil? He doesn't have evil at all. He is the God of light. There is no evil in him at all. Is somebody hearing me? But there are some scriptures, I have said it many times, there are some scriptures that when you read them, they sound like God is evil. For see, those scriptures require explanation. If the Bible does not require explanation, then there won't be the office of a teacher. According to Ephesians chapter 4, Reading from verse 11. Praise God. There will be need for office of a teacher. But the Bible asks us that there are some people that are 
specifically called and anointed for the purpose of demystifying the mysteries of the scripture, for unveiling the revelation of God's kingdom. They are specially anointed. And when you sit under the teaching of such anointed men, they demystify, they expound the scriptures to you accurately. And when the scripture is accurately unveiled to you, and you apply it well, then it produces results for you. It's what we're following you now. Praise God. So, look at what God, because this happened when um, Paul met Jesus, and he had to, you know, God directed him to meet Ananias. Praise God. So, he said, and Ananias went his way and entered the house. Let me read 16 again. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. See, God told Ananias to heal Paul, to heal Paul, and tell him what he will suffer for Jesus' sake. But we misunderstood that word. God did not say what that he will suffer blindness. You know, Paul became blind. I told you what made Paul became blind. I told you. It was the ray of the lightning of God's presence. When he was going on his way to Damascus to persecute the brethren, because he got permission from the government authority of the day, and then they give him approval, you can imagine, they both around that government approved. <laughs> they are an approved a legitimate Boko Haram. A legitimate Boko Haram. So he was going to persecute the brethren. But on his way to Damascus, he saw Jesus. So the presence of God, that lightning, was no man received and the eyes will remain. It's no man. Ordinary soul. When you place your eyes on it too much, your life will come down. When you, by the time you bring it down, you see that you can't see anything. You can't see anything. Talkless of the glory, the brightness of Christ. That glory that, that is that is indescribable. There is no level of light. What do they need to qualify light? I think they have, I don't know. Where do you want to for the final life? What do you science to them? Eh? Degree, right? No degree of light can be contained. No. So, when Paul, and of course, you remember that there were other people with, with, with Saul. On his way, but the least the day I was with one of my brothers, last Sunday, we were in the church. I was in the gym then, and went to the church to pray. You know, I was engrossed in the Holy Spirit, I was so much engrossed, you know, and I was seeing the movement of God. I said, Bro, can't you see God? Can you see the woman? He said, I see. Those men were with Saul, but they were not seen. And that is the reason why they are high in Gogan. So God didn't say that because I don't know why, I don't know the way we are reading our Bible, we are putting it upside down. God didn't say Paul will suffer blindness. He said, the things he will suffer for my sake. And what is that? Persecution. Tell him that he will be persecuted. That is the meaning of that scripture. Not that he was going to suffer blindness for Jesus' sake. That's what he said. Read it again. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Did he 
And they will say, ah, the poor suffer blindness for Jesus Christ. No, Paul didn't suffer blindness for Jesus Christ. It was the presence of God that was too much for him. He fell. That was that he fell down on his face. Then he started teaching from that scripture. I remember uh, the answer that it, what what Jesus Christ told for our poor, for our soul. No, he was sold then. See, you must be able to meditate on this word. I have said it often enough. Meditation is the work that when you pray on God's word, it brings digestion. Until God's word digests eh? and it meets with your spirit. It meets with your spiritual blood and water. In faith. <laughs> Praise God. In faith. Spiritual blood and water. In faith. Until it meets with it, it will not produce results. So when you meditate, you, you meditate on that word. Therefore, what Jesus Christ stood for. You know? He said, Oh God, why are you persecuting me? So then, you know Jesus Christ asked Saul. He said, Oh God, why are you persecuting him? Hello? The, the Saul actually persecuted Jesus as well. Who was he persecuting? The, 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 the people of God. So that means that everything that is troubling you is troubling Jesus. Whatever, whatever it is, whatever it is, sickness, diseases, affliction, poverty, failure, whatever it is that is troubling you, is troubling Jesus. For we do not have a high priest. We cannot sympathize with the infirmities. With our infirmities. Remember that Paul, he was at all points tempted as we have, yet without sin. So, it is Christ that has empathy. You are Christ. So, when you are, past, when you are faced with any challenges, when you are faced with any sickness, it's like Jesus is in it. With you and Jesus Christ, oh son, why are you persecuting me? I know the world will surprise us. Okay, me and you will never see before. Where is it that I've met you that I persecute you? For as long as you are persecuting any of this, my brethren, you say I'm the one you are persecuting. So, whatever it is that is troubling you. Of course, Jesus will not be watching and things will trouble you. But you see, believers can be troubled by sickness and disease if he refuse to do something about it. My approach changed, Satan. The day I read that Timothy again, about I refuse to close my mouth when I see anything that is not doing well with my life. I refuse to close my mouth. Therapy again was communicating, you know, therapy is uh was a man who had one-on-one encounter with Jesus, you know, and was communicating with Jesus too. This is Jesus, this is and he uh, was communicating with Jesus. I'm fine about this picture because these are the men that upheld the doctrine. You know, it was they had intense um, insights into God's world. Because they have one on one revelation from Christ. So, it's like, Jesus, what about this particular scripture? And Jesus Christ said, okay, see, this is, I thought it would, I thought it would with Jesus and say, ah, okay. Praise <laughs> God. Relationship. Somebody say relationship. Somebody say relationship. 
That is the kind of thing we are creating. We want you to start having a close relationship with God. Fellowship. I'm not talking about flippant attitude. No. Don't be flippant about it. Because some people are so uh, over familiar with Christ that they are flippant about their approach. We seek our God. I don't know. But he wants that fellowship. For we are not given the spirit of God to get to fear God, the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, what? Abba Father. So there is that foxy son relationship there. So that was what Kennedy was saying. And it was asking questions, you know, and all of that. At times when I'm reading Kennedy, I would be like, ah, what? You know, until I started moving into that dimension. And I realized that, oh, we can relate to things like Father and Son. So he was talking with him, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, a demon just stepped in in between them. Boom! Are you ready now? A demon just stepped in. And then, and then, the communication flow stopped, ceased. Jesus was talking, and he wasn't here. And I want to teach you something from this today. Jesus was speaking, and he wasn't here. And then, can I take you what waiting to see Jesus chase out the demon? To chase the demon out. And Jesus was looking and was not communicating. He didn't stop communicating, but can I was looking out the communication? And at the point in time, can I was angry and he said the demon should step out? And immediately the demon stepped out. And he was angry with Jesus. Why can't you? Chase him out. How can demons come and breach our communication? Jesus Christ said, I couldn't. He said, I couldn't. Do you know what that means? He said, I didn't have the capacity to do it. Why? And he said, why? He said, because the authority have been given to So anything you see manipulation and maneuverings of darkness. And you are waiting for Jesus. And you are waiting for God to intervene on your behalf. You will wait forever. And that is the reason why you are not believers. have no sickness in your body. Because the body is not. You are like, If I have a father that is full. I have been born again for it. And I have been walking in the church. I have been a pastor. How will sickness be in my body? This church is unfair to me. And no, stop no more you gotta do something. Your authority has been given to you to cast out demons. You have been given the power to chase out demons. You are to lay hands on the sick. And the Bible says, when you come back, and that is the power that has been given to you. Use your authority. Use your power. Don't be a flash Christian. Don't be a weak. Are you getting what I'm saying now? Is somebody get something? Come on. Rise to your responsibility. Don't cheat. See, I've said it to you many times. I said three things God will not do for you. Number one, He won't do what He has done before. Huh? What He has done before. Like for instance, He has healed you over 2,000 years ago. Provision for your healing is there. He won't come back to heal you. He will never heal you. Huh? Why? Because he has healed you. So what let you do is to take your healing by yourself. So that makes you a responsible son and not our use. Are you getting what I'm saying now? If you are getting me, say I'm getting you. Okay, if you get the clap for Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. He won't do what he has done before. Number two, he won't do what he should do. Like an idiot, he was waiting for Jesus to cast Jesus will not do that. And he'll be looking at Jesus as a wicked God. And saying, oh, This man is not fair. This man is not an outer poverty. He are the one that will stand up. Say to yourself, I will be a responsible believer. Say, say, echo it well. Make sure you are responsible. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm sorry for the people that joined us newly. I can see that I'm not getting enough response. Um, in the Twin Also Church, we just choose our pattern. Is our pattern? Is it's not that them we love those that are doing it. No, we do. When we say praise God. You can see that we don't say hallelujah. Have you noticed it? What do we say? Glory to God. When we say glory to God, we say praise God. Aha. Uh-huh. So hallelujah is fine, but we just choose our pattern. So let somebody praise God. Glory to God. Okay. Now let us look at something else. And I will be rounding up from there. Let us look at um, two strings of divine healing. Having known that healing, sickness is not from God, and at the same time, God does not teach us lessons of sickness. Let us look at two strengths of healing, two ways how we can get healing. I will do one with my limited time today, then I will continue from there next week. Amen. Let us look at number one the stream of God's world. Somebody say the stream of God's world. So, God and Tefe, the strength of God's word. So, I call this the principle of the finality of God's word. The principle of the finality of God's word. Amen. In the book of Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, Proverbs 4, 22, the Bible says, My son, give attention to my word. Incline your ear to my saying. 21 says, Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are what? For they are what? Lies. For those who find them and helps to their flesh. So, in this scripture, in this scripture, what is life? What is life? Eh? God's word, right? What is health to their flesh? God's word, amen. So, God's word is life to is life to your to you, and is also health to your flesh. In John 6, 63, John 63, the Bible says that it is the Spirit who gives life, the flesh profit nothing. Look at this one. He says, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are what? And they are life. The word, the word, the word, the word, the word. That I speak, that I speak to you. The word that comes out of the mouth of God. Amen. Of course, you know that the word that you are hearing now is the word that comes from the mouth of God. It's called the gospel. Is somebody telling me? Okay. Psalm 107, verse 20. Psalm 107, verse 20. I have used that feature a lot. Say he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their what destruction. He sent his word. He sent his word. His word. His word. His word. Now listen. When you discover sickness in your body, what you do is to pray God's word. Is to pray God's word. Hallelujah. I think I'm saying now. See. I don't know your own definition of prayer. I don't know your own. But for me, prayer is speaking God's word. I you going to say, prayer is speaking God's word. Somebody was telling me something. That a preacher, in fact, he said, 
ilícito, after to send it to me, I want to listen to it too. Or such, such kind of message, I like to listen to it. He said, this preacher was under the, under the, the strong anointing of the Holy Spirit. And immediately he found the prophet from the beginning of his message to the end of his message, he was talking to he kept on quoting scripture. He kept on from the beginning of the message to the end of the message. Come and see the way how miracles. Come and see the way how signs and wonders begin to happen. And when the brother told me, I said, No wonder. But you know, out of naivety actually, I was naive. I didn't really have that experience that time. A brother that was very sick, that had challenged that they have to. The doctor has told him that well, the only solution is for you to travel and see what you can do to your leg. I was moved by compassion and I began praying. When I got there, I couldn't say, I couldn't utter any word of my own. I was just quoting from one scripture to the other. The one I couldn't quote verbally, I, I paraphrased it. I thought I was just saying scripture. Amen. And that was the end of that problem. Can you see that? So when you find sickness in your body, the stream, the stream of the stream of God's word heals your sickness. When you allow that word to come to you, to come to your mother body from your spirit, I told you the way it works. I've said it many times. In fact, that is one thing I have done extremely here is that teaching of how God's energy flows from the spirit man into the water bodies. There is a way that the, the, the flow of the spirit of God flows from your spirit man into your water bodies that it resuscitates and re energizes you. Amen. It re energizes your body and makes your body to, you know, it's just like, it's just like, um, the, uh, 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 the, the, the biology tells us that uh, there is a way how our body heals itself naturally. You know, you are having headache and then um, you just sleep. And you know, the body will, you know, fertilize uh, itself and will be normal. The same way, when the, the, the God's world that is in your spirit, man, when it flows, it has a way of releasing. Light, before light or energy, it releases light into your mother bodies and brings the light to it, and you begin to receive healing. Praise God, church. Let me rush through this then at a random. Hallelujah. So, God's word is the final authority for every experience and situation. No matter if you experience God's word is the final authority. Somebody say God's word. Say God's word is the final authority to every experience and the situation. Listen. Your experiences should submit to scripture. And not your and not scripture. Submitting to your experience. Anytime you try to bend the scripture or the word of God to submit to your experience, you are breaking God's word. And the word of God cannot be broken. Are you hearing that Somebody say, say the word of God cannot be broken. Say the word of God cannot be broken. Hallelujah. The word of God is forever settled. Psalm 119 verse 89. Forever. Oh Lord. Your word is settled forever. It is settled in heaven. Amen. If it is settled in heaven, let us make it settled on earth. So, the word of God did not mean what it didn't mean when it was originally written. Do you understand? 
the word of God will not mean what he didn't mean when it was originally written. You are not going to get God to agree with you. It's you that must change your mind to agree with God. Do you know why you won't change God to agree with you? Eh? Everything that's supposed to be done by God, He has done it. God is not is no longer doing anything. So when you are asking God to bend, to do something, to do something that is different from what He has done, you are bending God. You are not. You are breaking His word. Are you getting what I'm saying? He has done everything. What you need to do is to find what he has done. Is to find it and put it to play in your life and you see it work. Praise God. So God's word is the final authority. Say it again. Say God's word is the final authority. Say it cannot be broken. Say the word of God must not change. Say there is no variation with God and same with His Word. There is no variation with God and there is no variation with His Word. Of course, James chapter 1 verse 17, you know the scripture, every good gift and every perfect gift is from where? Above and come down from where? The Father of light with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So, God cannot change. His word cannot change. God cannot bend for your situation. His word can bend for your situation. Carry your situation and put it in God's word. Throw it in God's word. So, when you see that something is happening in your life that is negative and it's not going it's because we have not found God's word that suits that situation. That suits that situation. I was very sick and uh, I was I was on the three star sleeping. No, two star sleeping. And um, I was just thinking about my health. Ah. I was thinking about so many things. Huh? I'm a pastor. How can my health be depreciating? How would I do this thing? Hello? When your body is anointing enough to meet you. Yes. You know, I come from experience. Not, not, I've read it, but I also experienced anointing enough to you need your body for anointing to flow. You won't be able to function. A lot of pastors, eh, have, they have retired because of bad health. They have retired. When you see the life of Adebe at that age, still standing for hours preaching, is because there is health. And that is why anointing is still flowing. So those things seem as worry. You know, just sit there. there. <laughs> you know, lying down there. And the world flows in my spirit, into my mind, like a warm oil. You know, it flows like a warm oil. I don't hear the word. Matthew 18, 18. Ah. Matthew 18, 18. Oh, I jumped up because I was looking for something and I knew the thing at home. I jumped up. I couldn't remember the scripture. Of course, I knew it, but I couldn't remember. I remember that my Bible was in the car. I went to the car, I picked it, and I opened it, and I saw it there. Whatever it is, you permit on this earth, so you permit it in heaven. Whatever you disallow, you can. 
I said, yes. I said, I was sick. But in my sickness, I knew that I have defeated it. I one year from my spirit. I said, I got it. I found it. I got it. I found it. I found it. That scripture did not say the way I put it. How did that put it? Whatever you find on earth is bad. I just told you the good news. How did it? How did it? How did it? Pastor, you need to have the thorough understanding of scriptures. I, I, I look at people that tells you that uh, forget about them uh, Greek and Hebrew things. We don't care about Greek and Hebrew. We care about Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is good. But Greek and Hebrew is also very good. It will give you the literal meaning, the original meaning of that word. Okay, you can imagine. If I have not studied Greek and Hebrew, and I saw, and Holy Spirit told me that, see, this is the word that you have been waiting for. And I run to the car and I open it, and I see whatever you bind on her is bind in heaven. And whatever you lose on her, if you the devil King James. <laughs> I am not wrong. But I'll be confused. You gotta be. I'll be confused, man. Because, because the next thing is, devil, I find you. Okay. If that if, if that bit of means devil, then that means I should also use devil. Because you don't say two things. Whatever you find, shall be fine. Whatever you lose, shall be lose. So if He's talking about binding the devil. Yeah, that means that I should lose the devil. Hello? But you see, devil can never be bind. Devil can never be bind. The time when he will bind is not now. Was he involved or not? But he listen, no man can bind devil. So, hold the prayer. Let me get to bind the devil. Let me get to bind the devil. You are wasting your prayer. Devil is just making you to win a feet. In your midst, where you are playing, just keep it. You are binding me. You don't say moving. You can say now. That picture, I thought you understanding. And I say, yeah, this is what God is telling me. God is saying, this picture means whatever you allow, or that is your original meaning, is allowed in heaven. Whatever you disallow is disallowed in heaven. So, what it means that if I struggle, if you should allow this sickness, it should be allowed. Though. It's just like can I take it and Jesus now? If can I take it and allow the demon to be there, the demon will remain there. I don't understand now. So, I knew that God is saying, I couldn't do it, I couldn't heal you. It's you that will take your decision. If you allow it, it continues. If it is allow it, then it will be allowed. So you have the authority. The authority, the, the, the finality of God's word. God's word has been given to you as the final authority over every circumstance and situations of life. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. I don't think. And I knew that the case is set. Then, as I said, I go violent. I said, go to the floor. It was wounded for my son. It was good. If you see me going, that's what I'm saying. If you see me fishing, that's what I'm saying. It was wounded for my son's death. It was good for my kids. It was that's what my son was talking. And by his sight, I'm healed. By his sight, I'm healed. By his sight, I'm healed. Finding God's word, you know, and at the point I see my body returning back to shape, I see my body that damage went. I see my body, and I went the hidden cave. I knew I was healed. Is somebody here? This thing is true. Say the word of God is true. Say, I believe in infallibility of God's word. Say, God's word is settled forever. Say, God's word cannot be broken. 
Hallelujah. Jam your hands together for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus.